Murphy Houston, still here. Mile High Magazine, thank you for sticking around. Joining me now is Bree Dilly, Director of Development for SeaCore. And Bree, welcome to Mile High Magazine today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. Well, we're excited to know more about SeaCore. Is that an acronym for something? S-E-C-O-R, SeaCore? It is. It is. It's an acronym for Southeast Community Outreach. Really? Well, you know, I, I've been in Denver for a long time, and so have a lot of people listening. What is Secor? What sets it apart? I know it's a food pantry, but what sets it apart from other food pantries? Yeah, yeah. So Secor, uh, like you said, is a, is a food pantry. We prefer the term food market. Um, down here in southeast Denver, we're located in Parker. Uh, we serve all of Arapahoe, Douglas, and Elbert counties and a little bit beyond that. And we have a, a brick-and-mortar market where folks can come in. And one of the things that, that really sets Secor apart that distinguishes us from a lot of other food pantries is uh, the way that people can access the food here. So when folks come in, they're actually given a shopping cart oh. and they shop through our market just like a grocery store. Uh, it's laid out just like a store and a volunteer will walk with them and kind of help them navigate and and pick through things, but um, yeah, we really our whole mission is about restoring dignity. And you know, if you've ever had to access services before, it can be a really dehumanizing experience. And so, giving folks that agency back to make the choice for themselves on what food makes the most sense for themselves and their family—that's uh, that's really what we're all about. Well, it's kind of like just shopping at a grocery store, is it not? It's exactly like shopping at a grocery store, yeah. Well, that is a great idea. That's something unique I've never heard of before. And, and you know, Bree, it's kind of, you know, southeast where you are, southeast metro area, the Parker area. Mm -hmm. People might be not thinking, well, is there really that much poverty in the suburbs? And what does that look like? How does that differ from other poverty? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think most people, when they hear the word poverty, it kind of conjures up this image uh, Maybe something like what what folks think of in downtown Denver, right? You have right, right. Um, people who are unhoused, who are living in tents, that sort of thing. Uh, suburban poverty is just very different, but it's a lot of people who are, you know, doubled up in houses. Uh, we see a lot of folks who, you know, were formerly living a, a pretty middle class lifestyle, and then, you know, a divorce, um, a job loss. Uh, medical bankruptcy, those sorts of things have just kind of hit them, and then they find themselves walking into Secor. So that's kind of what what suburban poverty looks like, and it's actually the fastest growing segment of poverty in the United States right now. Is that right? I've never heard that before. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's very it's 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 hidden, right? Because, yes, you know, we're we're living in these kind of um, more affluent suburban areas, and and you just never know what your neighbor is experiencing. Well, why is that? I mean, is it because of what, what uh, we went through with COVID or the inflation situation or what's causing that kind of urban poverty? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of factors, right, in suburban poverty. Uh, like I said, I think that some of the some of what what uh, what I said was, you know, like this, these medical bankruptcies and um, divorce, job loss, those sorts of things. And of right. course, the pandemic just absolutely um, exacerbated those issues. You know, one of the other things that we've seen recently, um, you may have heard of SNAP benefits, or yes, what, what yes. some people would refer to as food stamps. Um, so SNAP benefits were increased through this emergency allotment because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, well, that 
the pandemic was declared officially over. And so that allotment ended in February. So we, you know, a lot of people think that food insecurity um, in general is probably on the decline. It was really top of mind uh, during the pandemic, but it's actually just the opposite. In fact, this year, uh, we've seen an increase of 220% in the folks that we serve. Oh, my goodness. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty drastic. And the cost of food is up, too, right? Oh, yeah. So it's kind of this perfect storm that we're dealing with where there's a this heightened increased need. Um, and also the, the cost of food and the food that's available to us has gone down significantly. Well, so it's actually since the COVID and all the help during the COVID has ended, it's actually gotten worse for you guys, busier for you guys than when the actual COVID was going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. I'm sitting here putting that in my head. I'm going, that that doesn't seem possible, but apparently it is, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry going through that. Well, uh, talk about, is it just one location, the Secor location in the Parker area? What does it look like? Yeah, so so we have our brick and mortar, our market here where folks can come and shop. Um, we also have a mobile market. So we have a mobile food truck uh, that's outfitted with shelving units, and we stock it up with groceries just like our market, our, our brick and mortar market, and we, um, we can take it on the road. So a few years ago, we realized that not everybody can get to us, but maybe we can get to them. Uh, so we take that mobile market. We focus a lot on senior living facilities, um, some some income-qualified housing, as well as college campuses. And so we take that all over the, uh, the metro area and try to focus on those, on those folks that maybe lack access to transportation, um, but we can still take that market experience to them. So just like our, just like our brick and mortar, they can shop, walk all the way around the truck. We, we roll up all of the bays, and they can shop for themselves. Well, that truck must be huge. It is. It is. It's one of those, uh, you know, those like Coke trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that we outfitted, yeah, specifically for for our purposes. Well, what kind of foodstuffs are you offering? Is it fresh vegetables? Is it all canned stuff? Stuff that can't uh, go bad? What's that look like? Yeah. Uh, gosh, we have a, a whole host of offerings. You know, so we can do. Um, Fresh produce, which is something a lot of food pantries are unable to do just because of, you know, the way that, that um, they're set up or their, their access to refrigeration units. We have all of this fresh produce. We have um, meal kits. We, get, uh, we have a grocery rescue program, so we can go and pick up from local grocery stores. Uh, and so that, that really allows us to have gluten-free products, vegan products, um, meat we have so much meat. We have fresh produce. We have, um, you know, Starbucks breakfast sandwiches and crumble cookies and some of those really, really nice items that uh, that really get folks excited. Wow, holy cow. That's really some good stuff. Really a good selection. Uh, how do you get all, all of that? Do you buy it or is it donated? It's a bit of both, yeah. So, uh, so our grocery rescue, we have a fleet of trucks and they're out on the road six days a week going to... Um, to grocery stores and restaurants, picking up food donations from them. And then we also purchase some of our foods, some of our shelf-stable products and things like that we purchase. And then, of course, we have folks in the community who will host food drives for us or um, just drop off things that we need. Well, and with the cost of food going up for everybody, you guys don't miss out on that, do you? you? It's probably gone up for you, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've seen um, 
we've seen an increase in our food cost at at least 15% probably on average. It, it sort of depends on, on, uh, on the item, but yeah, you know, just like, you know, all of us consumers, when we go to the grocery store, we see the cost of food. Uh, we see our grocery bill going up. It's higher than ever. Everyone's, you know, nobody wants to buy eggs because eggs have gotten so expensive. And, uh, and what a lot of people don't know is that us food pantries, you know, we're experiencing the same thing. Right. I'm sure you are. So how do you qualify for what you're offering? Is there some kind of a research project they do to check out if you qualify or how does it work? No, just come on in. That's it. Uh, we, yeah, we have a we have a fifty five zip code service area. So generally, you have to live in that. Though there's, you know, we make exceptions to that all the time. But um, yeah, we're we're open Wednesday and Thursday from nine to four. Friday and Saturday from nine to one. Um, and you can just come on in if you need it. Well, where do people find out more about what you're doing there at Secor? You must have a website. My goodness, everybody has a website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can find us at secorcares.com, and we're also on all the social media platforms. This is uh, Bree Dilly, Director of Development for Secor. Where exactly in Parker are you guys? Uh, so we are kind of at the intersection of Pine Lane and Jordan Road. Oh, yeah. I know exactly where that is, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. How long have you been there? How many years has Secor been around? You know, we've been an official organization since 2006, but we uh, we were operating long before that. There's, there's actually a lot of fun stories um, surrounding when we actually started and all of that sort of stuff. But it really just started with a group of people realizing that there was a need in their community and wanting to do something about it. Well, you are considered a nonprofit, so how do you get your funding? Does the state government help? People just donate money as well as donate food stuff? Yeah, yeah. Actually, most of our funding is uh, is just private private donors, people in the community who want to rally around us um, and want to give financially to support the work that we're doing. Well, that takes a lot of people to help make that happen that often. You're, you're basically does. handing out stuff four days a week and then out collecting stuff the other days of the week, I would imagine. Is that how your schedule works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in last year, last year we served over a hundred thousand people in the community. So Gosh. the scale of what we do is pretty, pretty insane. Congratulations! Now, how how do people work for you? Are you you're obviously on the payroll? Do you have other people on the payroll, or is it just volunteers? Yeah, we have a staff of about twenty three folks on our payroll, most of which are part time, um, and then we run. Gosh, around 300 active volunteers at any given moment. So we really cannot do the work that we do without our incredible volunteer base. Well, you know, times are tough for a lot of people. Financially, maybe they can't help you, but they probably can give you some time. How do they do that? Yeah, so just go to our website, secorcares.com. The first step is usually to come in for a tour. There's just a schedule a tour button so they can do that, and then we'll get them set up with our volunteer coordinator. Well, that doesn't take much time at all, but it can give a few minutes. It'd be a nice family project. Do you allow families to do the help you need? Yeah, absolutely. Families, we have um, companies, we have individuals. And one of the cool things about volunteering with CCOR is, you know, there's no weekly or monthly commitment. You can come in um, as frequently or infrequently as you'd like. I know we're coming up on summer. A lot of people have vacations planned, and so maybe they don't want to have this regular commitment. But um you can come in once, you can come in 10 times, you can come in every day if you want. You know, it's really up to you. Well, you need the help every day. I don't know how you keep up with it. How do you do that, Bree? It's got to be tough. 
Yeah, we don't sleep very much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I didn't think it was that tough. <laughs> Jeez. Well, no, no, like I said, we really we really rely heavily on um, on our volunteers. You know, they they really are the lifeblood of everything that we do here. And where do you where do you get your food stuff? Do you go to local food stores? Do they give you stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We pick up from, you know, Costco, Target, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Starbucks. I mean, you name it, we're probably picking up from them. And what are the biggest needs do you have food-wise there at Secor? Yeah, like specific foods? Yeah. What's, your, what's a hot item? Uh, you know, one of our really hot items, shocking enough, is canned chicken. Ah, that's a huge need for us. We we uh, we've had trouble getting access to it through um, the the organization that we're that we order and buy food from. Um, it's been really hard to access it. It just hasn't been available to us, and it's a it's a staple item for a lot of the folks that we serve. So canned chicken, crackers is another big one, uh-huh. um, as well as cereal. So when these folks come in to see or do shopping, they get a, a a cart. The kids are with them, just just like you're going to a grocery store. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and we and you know we fill that cart up. When they walk out of here, it looks like they're uh, they're leaving Costco. <laughs> wow, what a great job you're doing at Secor. And the fresh fruits and vegetables, a big need in anybody's diet. They come from the uh, the local food stores. Some of them, some of them we buy, some of them we um, we get for free. It just sort of depends. Mm-hmm. Well, you're constantly on the hunt, aren't you? Always. <laughs> we are always. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, uh, Bree Dilly, thanks for all you're doing there at Secor. Again, people listening now, those that want to help, those that need help, where do they go and how does it start? Yeah, so the first thing you can do is just go to secorcares.com. That's it. There's no phone calls. Just show up, and you don't have to go through any kind of a interview process at all. You just show up. Yeah, we'll collect some basic information and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, just come on down. Bree, congratulations on all you're doing for Seacord and the southeast metro area down around the Parker area. Thank you for what you're doing down there. All right. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you next weekend.